what up what up welcome back to the there's more podcast my name is hannah nitz and the reason this podcast was started and the reason i keep coming back is because i can't stop talking about the more the more with god being a christian my whole life being in church my whole life being committed to jesus my whole life i felt like i had all there was i knew who God was, I knew the gospel, I knew pretty much all the stories in the Bible, and I talked to other Christians about him. In the meantime, really having no concept or or understanding of why people spent time alone with God. I really didn't get it. I felt like Bible stories, I'm like, I've heard these before. Anytime I went through a Bible study, I was like, I don't know, this kind of just feels like homework. And when I would sit down and read through the book of Hebrews, I was like, I don't know. Okay, be joyful. (laughs) I just didn't get it. So three years ago, when God opened my eyes and introduced me to more in my relationship with him, delighting in time with him, and just the beauty of getting to know God on my own for myself. And friend, you are invited to that same thing because intimacy with God and an interactive, personal, daily relationship with him in his word, in worship, in prayer, is literally what we were made for. It is the relationship we were made for, and I want you to taste it, and I want you to know it, and I want you to experience it, because that is God's heart for you. He is pursuing you, friend, as you're listening to this, to delight in that as well. So today, we are going to talk more about God's presence, what that means, what that looks like, and how it's connected to God's power. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you. And by have this conversation, what I really mean is we have a guest who's sharing this conversation and me and you get to sit back and listen. So let's do that. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. I feel like every week I start the podcast with something like, this week's a little bit different than the normal, (laughs) which... It's starting to make me ask, is there a normal? Every week do I feel like it's something special and it's actually not? Who knows? All right. It's up to you. You're the judge. Is this week normal? I don't know. We're going to find out. So here's the deal. When I am talking about a topic on the podcast, typically it's something that I have been learning from God, that God's revealed to me, that I've been wrestling with. Or have come to some sort of aha, conclusion, understanding. And sometimes it's been recent. Sometimes it's just in the last couple weeks. Sometimes it's been a few months. And sometimes I come to you a year after understanding something from God, experiencing something with God, and sharing it on the podcast. Or encouraging you in your walk with God to say, hey, seek this too. Or delight in this piece of God. Have you ever thought of this? Okay, well, here's here's the deal for this week, y'all. I am bringing you in live. <laughs> like, I'm talking, what day is this? Okay, as I'm recording this, it's June 29th. And, okay, I'm flipping through my journal. This began for me, I should have been more organized, June 18th, Okay. This is when this question started. So I'm 11 days in and have so many questions. 
but here's why I'm excited to bring you in on this conversation. Number one, it's because it's not me teaching. (laughs) So I am pulling audio from a sermon that has been rocking my world. And what I picture this episode being is kind of like if you are my really good friend. So you guys have met Laura Veal and Noelle Beck, two of my best friends. Oftentimes when I hear a sermon or I'm thinking about something, I send it to them. And I'm like, could you listen to this? Because it is really stirring something in my spirit. And it's giving me so many questions. And I'd love to hear what you think. Isn't that the beauty as God's given us other men and women in our life who love the Lord. So I kind of am doing that this week with you, dear friend, with my podcast companion saying, guys, I just listened to this sermon and it feels as though these fireworks are going off in my mind and in my soul and in my spirit. And I just want to process it and talk about it. And I don't even know where we're going. Okay, so could I hype this up anymore? (laughs) Okay, so here's what happened. I had mentioned on the podcast last time that when I got some time away from my family and my kids and I got some time just with God for a few days, I got stuck on this whole idea of what is my body, what is my mind, what's my soul, And then to the greatest commandment, what's my heart, soul, mind, and strength? What are these terms that we use all the time? What does God's word actually say about them? So I like to think that it was a little bit of a carryover from that where all of a sudden I became really excited to define all these Christian words that we hear all the time that I'm like, okay, I don't care what so-and-so says about this. God, what do you say about what my soul is? You know what I mean? So June 18th. Uh, Caleb was out of town. My kids were asleep and I was spending the evening hanging out with God. So on this night that happened to be me, uh, sitting on my couch, listening to some worship music, praying, and also have my Bible out and my journal out and just kind of trying to meet, meet with God. And all week, maybe, maybe the last couple days, I, before that I had been, thinking about and hearing about God's presence. It was like when I would listen to worship songs, it would say things like, your presence is all we want. And I'd be talking with someone and they'd be like, uh, they'd say something about like, man, like just sitting in God's presence. And then I was reading a psalm and it talked about nothing being greater or delighting in God's presence. So all of a sudden, I get curious again and I'm like, what is God's presence? And to be honest, I think this might be a term that I've even used on this podcast. (laughs) But all of a sudden, this curiosity began to grow. And again, when I say curiosity to define a word or understand a word, I want you to know this isn't to have knowledge of it. This isn't like I want to be well-rounded or smart or understand as many spiritual concepts as I can for the sake of understanding. But if we really believe that eternal life is to know God, and we really believe that the reason we were created was to worship God and know him, I want to know him. And I find that as I go on these question 
spins I don't even know what word to use spin sounded weird (laughs) as these these treasure hunts trying to figure out these words God reveals and the overwhelming joy or sometimes confusion or sometimes a lot of different thought emotion that I experience as I get to know God it's like nothing else and I'm like God some days I just am going to sit with you and pray and worship you. Some days when you give me this curiosity, I'm going to seek it out. And I want to spend time in your word and figure out, what is this? Why does God keep putting presence on my heart? Like, I keep hearing this. I keep thinking this, God, I'm going to believe this is from you. And you want me to figure out what your presence is. So I'm doing this as an adventure with you to know you, not just to know more stuff. Does that make sense? That's a really important distinction. Because if you remember, I'm not actually that smart of a person. Like I don't learn things for fun (laughs) unless it has to do with God and is guided by my creator saying, hey, Hannah Knits in Akron, Ohio, I love you. I see you. And I want you to learn and experience what my presence is. I'm like, buckle up, people. We're going to figure this out. Okay, so June 18th of this month, of this year, 2022, 11 days ago, I can't get this word out of my mind. So right here in my journal, I wish this was a video I'd show you, I have written, God, what is your presence? Question mark. The next morning, wake up, go to church, June 19th. I sit down and the sermon that I'm about to share with you is the sermon that I heard that morning. And it essentially was on what God's presence is and what his power is and how those two are connected. And when I tell you that <laughs> I, I sat there in shock, number one, because I, I was all of a sudden overwhelmed with this thought of God, hey God, who created the universe, who loves me and sees me, have you been putting this word on my heart so that as I sit and listen to this sermon, I'm paying extra attention and seeking you in this area? And then the second piece that I felt just excited and overwhelmed by was this message. This teaching um, that this pastor gave, I, it's like, I don't know if I've ever heard this before. And the way he's describing and the way he's teaching, everything's coming from God's word. Everything makes sense. Don't get me wrong. Like nothing that he said did I think that can't be right. I just thought, wow, God, this is from your word and this is truth and I believe this, but I don't know if I've experienced this yet. So as you're listening, I want you to listen for God's presence and Dear listener, I want you to think about this in the context of the conversations we've had over the last three years on this podcast. So there's more. This whole idea is delighting in more with God. And for me, that's looked so much like learning to spend time with God, delighting in him and enjoying who he is. And it was like this sermon took that idea And said, hey, guess what? (laughs) There's even more. As you spend time with God, as you delight in him, as you get to know him, guess what happens next? 
So um, you're going to hear that. And I would love to know what you think. So this sermon is from my new friend, Kevin Kazimi, in Canton, Ohio, at Identity Church. And I really, really hope that you like it as much as I did. This morning, I want to talk quickly, we don't have much time, about the anointing. About the anointing. The reason I want to talk about this is because I am more convinced than ever that what is going on today in our day and age, that your talents, my talents, charisma, gift, inventions, ideas, none of that stuff is going to get the job done. Now, I want to read a scripture for you that came on my heart during worship. And I'm going to read from the New King James. New King James. And this is in Isaiah 10, verse 27. And it says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Another translation says it like this. That the yoke will be destroyed that is around our neck because of how fat we have become. Amazing. Which means that God wants you to be full he wants you to be full of His power, His presence, His love, to the point that no yokes of the enemy. I'm talking about depression. I'm talking about suicide, sickness, infirmities. I'm talking about chronicle sicknesses. I'm talking about sin. <clears throat> I'm talking about slavery. None of those things will be able to keep you in bondage. Go with me to the Gospel of Luke. Luke 24, verse 49. This is our Lord Jesus speaking. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high. Direct command. Now I want you please to turn with me to Acts. Acts Chapter 1, and we're going to start from verse 4, and reading right through verse 8. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jump with me, please, to verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Wait and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Because when He comes upon you, you shall receive power. Everybody say power. power. And you shall be witnesses unto me. Everybody say unto Him. See, the only one that we bear witness of <clears throat> is Jesus. Amen? Amen? In Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of 
the world. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you come. Let your anointing flow through me. I pray for the unction to function. And I pray that you would come, Holy Spirit. I pray for eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying in Jesus' name. Now, I want to go through two quick lessons this morning. And I'm going to keep on teaching. I'll probably preach almost every single Sunday until I leave to go to Orlando. And I want to kind of just follow along teaching on the anointing and the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 1.8, the promise that Jesus gave to us that we will receive when the Holy Spirit come upon us. Now, as I'm talking about the anointing, this is very essential for you and I as believers to understand. Because when you understand the promise of Acts 1.8, you will start to get more understanding about the anointing. Now listen to me. The church in the Western world is so used to do what she's always used to that we can do a lot of things apart from anointing of the Holy Spirit. We have many man-made inventions, ideas that today we don't even recognize what is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we are in God's presence. And I'm going to talk about the difference between the presence of the Lord and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus was anointed with two things. And so I'm going to teach. And please, if you have your Bibles and notes, take some notes. I'm going to go very slow because I want to bring some understanding. But God's presence, listen to this, is not the same as the anointing. God's presence is His glory and is His person. His anointing is His power. So in other words, the power of God is hidden within the presence of the Lord. The presence is a person. So when Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that you shall receive power... When the Holy Spirit come upon you, what he was saying is that when the presence of God rests upon your life, out of that presence proceeds power. If a house is not interested in the presence of the Lord, that house will be void of God's power. People would come in and they will feel the goosebumps because, you know, there's a gifted musician behind uh, the, 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 the stage and singing songs. Because you can go to a rock concert and all the hair of your body can stand up. That's just emotionalism. That is in the realm of psychology. It's in the psychic of men. But when the anointing of God proceeds forward, it has the ability to deal with issues within the soul and within the spirit of a man. That's why the yoke is not destroyed by charisma. Is not destroyed by gifting, personality, ethnicity, color of your skin, male, female, short, tall, white, black. But the anointing is destroyed by, come on, the yoke is destroyed by what? The anointing of the Holy Spirit. 
And so you have to understand that it, they are not the same thing. Once again, I'm going to read that for you. God's presence is His glory and His person. His anointing is His presence. In Hebrew, the word anoint simply means to rub. The man of God says, the anointing is here. Peter was like, wow, what's that? Simply means to rub. To rub on the skin. To rub in. And the Greek word simply means to smear. So the anointing means to rub and to smear. I remember, you know, when uh, we used to go in the beginning when Jazz was born, we went on vacation. You know, uh, I can tolerate the sun more than my wife. You know, just different skin complex, you know. And she used to rub Jasmine in with all of that sun cream. And she came out and she looked like a friendly ghost Casper. <laughs> and I said, my Lord, can you at least rub that sunscreen into her skin? Because she look, she doesn't look right. So I said, I'm so happy that you don't want her to burn, but please rub and smear, come on, that cream upon her skin. You know, just saying. If you love to look like that, that's good for you. <clears throat> but in Acts 10, 38, one of my favorite scriptures in the book of Acts, this is talking about Jesus. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now pay attention to that. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So in other words, Jesus was anointed with two things. And many people in the church don't understand the difference. He was not just anointed with the Holy Spirit. The Bible said he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. There's a great difference, and many people don't understand the difference. And they say, what is the difference? Is that the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is the glory of God. And the glory of God is the intimate knowledge of who God is. It is the personhood and the face of God. That is the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit today? He is God's presence upon the earth. Are you guys listening to me? But when we're talking about the anointing or the power of God. So the presence of God will be the face of God. And the power of God will be the hand of God. In Acts 4, the church prayed together and they say, God, stretch forth your hand. What they were saying is that bring your power forward and perform signs, miracles, and wonder in the name of your servant, Jesus Christ, the Holy One. And then he says, the house that were gathered together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went forward, begun to preach the word with boldness. When God anoints a vessel, he becomes bold. You can walk in as a denying Peter, but when you get baptized or pickled and you come under the influence and the unction of the Spirit of God, something happens to you. Now you're not just this little timid Peter, but you come out the bold witness for Christ. And even though he's going to lose your head, you're willing to preach the gospel and 3,000 people added to the church. The anointing of God changes you to another person. Because God takes himself 
and it starts to rub that. I want to tell you we have too much intellect in the body of Christ today. We think just because we are well educated in the scripture that somehow we know of God. No, you can know about God. I never forget I was sitting with a pastor and he was reading all the books and he was showing me all. I mean, man, he got a library. I was like, my Lord, I'm overwhelmed of all the books that you read. And he grabbed a couple of books out of his big library and he placed it in front of me. And he said, do you see this man? I said, I do. He said, he'd been so, I hope that's God. He said, he said, he said, this man, I want to meet him one day. I've been studying his movement. I've been reading all of his book. And he's been such an example to me. I have learned everything about him and how to do like, I mean, he was like bragging about this person. I said, man, I just had coffee with him last week. I did not even know who he was. You see, but because I encountered the person, I ended up having a relationship with him even to this day. Eight years later. And that pastor is still reading books and I've never met this person. Just because we know much about God. Doesn't mean that we know God. Are you guys hearing me this morning? That's what I love about identities. Because we have a host of people that are hungry for who God is. You recognize that we cannot get this thing done in our own strengths, in our own ways. There are sickness and disease. There are sin out there. There are demonic and principalities that will not respond to the giftedness of a man or a woman of God. They will only respond to the anointing. Because by the anointing, Isaiah said, the yoke shall be destroyed. Come on, we need an old-time-fashioned Holy Ghost revival again in the church. You guys with me? And so God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He was anointed with the presence of God. My Lord. And I want to tell you that I don't want you to put the power before the presence. Because if you put the power before the presence... We might be like the one who stood before the Lord and they will say, you know, I, I prophesied in, in your name. I, you know, I cast out demons. I, you know, I heal the sick. And he will say to them, depart from me. One day the Lord opened the scripture up for me because he said, depart from me. You workers of iniquity. Why? I never knew you for you never did the will of my father. And the spirit of God said to me, he said, Kevin, you can do the very works of the ministry. And if it is not done through intimacy and relationship, because you cannot do the will of the Father if you're not intimate with Him. If you do the stuff that seems good in the church, in the end of the day, if it is not done from the place of intimacy and knowing Him in the eyes of the Lord, it will be seen as works of iniquity. That's a warning for all of us. We don't just, come on, work for Jesus. He made us co-laborers. And we got to know who we're working with because we don't want to just have power in our lives. We want the presence. Jesus was anointed with the presence of God and with the power of God. Two different things. Acts 10, 38. And how he went about doing good, healing, not some. Come on, let me hear it. 
And I started at work in Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. And the word all means all. Ain't that good news? Even a simple, uneducated man like me can understand that. Thank you, Jesus. How he went on healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Why? Because God's presence was with him. Come on, God's presence can shake nations. So what is the power of God? The power of God is the manifestation of the presence of God. Because the power of God is in the very presence of God. So the more you spend time in the presence of God, the presence of God starts to permeate or manifest the power of God. But I want us to have some conscience as I'm going to talk about this now. Because when we receive the anointing, we are, in a sense, smeared with His power. Which means that He is not only upon us, but is also within us. The one within is more important than the one upon. Because you can end up only having the one upon with losing the one within. I'm going to teach this, and so just follow with me. As oil will be rubbed into and absorbed by the skin. You remember Mariela's story? Love you. Simply put, the anointing is God's power. It is the manifestation, and it is the result of His presence. You cannot show me a man and woman of God who has no power and unction that does spend in God's presence. Come on, it's called association. When you associate yourself with the king of kings, something from who he is rubs on you. And ain't you happy this is not just for something that is for the great chosen man of God? It's for the body of Christ. Come on, everybody say, God, thank you that your anointing is for me. If you believe that, say amen. When God's glory comes, we are successful. But without God's glory, His presence, we will never have His power. If you are a businessman today, I want to tell you something. You need the power of God. I'm just talking about preaching right now. If you call to the seven mountains, education, creative arts... Come on, in the medical field. Come on. How many of you know that we need the power of God in the government today? The power of God will clean up a lot of mess we have in our nation. The reason we have so much mess in our nation is because the power of God has been kicked out a long time ago. But I'm here to tell you that God has a remnant that is not hungry for religion. Because they are recognizing that the only thing that would destroy the yokes in our nation is the anointing of God. Yeah. I'm thankful that half of you believe what I said. At the same time, the power without the presence will destroy a person. Be careful because... In 1 Samuel chapter 4, when the ark of the Lord, the presence of God was taken from Israel in captivity, 
There was destruction in the land. It should serve a warning to us that when God's presence leave, there's only destruction. My Lord, that puts the fear of the Lord in my heart. When I go times where I neglect that presence, and I come here and I'm oiled like a machine, and I'm, you know, I'm doing my hooping and hopping and screaming and louding. But when I come home, if I don't spend time in the presence of the Lord, all of this means nothing. Because I can put up a show in front of you, but none of us can put up a show in the audience of one. Jesus knows all things, and He wants us to become lovers of Him. And to steward His presence. If there is no presence in our life, that presence ultimately brings destruction into our hearts. That's why we see so many people today falling away from the ministry. There are more mega church pastors, men and women of God, who are caught in adultery today. It's all over the news, pastors in this country and around the world. Because I said this two years ago, that the structure that we had in the church, I'm not against mega church structure. I'm just telling you that God showed me in the month of May 2021 in a trance <clears throat> that is revealing His light over all the earth. And everything that is done in darkness will become revealed. And I hear this pastor say, oh, I'm so sorry. And they asked them, where did you miss it? Because you were preaching sermon, you had thousands of people, you got the charisma, you got the gift, and people were in, they were being healed and slain. They were functioning in the presence of God upon their life, but because they neglected the presence of God in their lives. And I hear them say this, it's because I stopped fellowshipping with Jesus. And when you stop, when I stop fellowshipping with Jesus, it is those small, settled area of compromise that creeps into our lives. The Bible never says the big things. Song of Solomon says, catch ye the little foxes. My Lord, I've been asking God. God, I don't even know what generation we live on today. All I know is one thing. God, cleanse me. Purify me. Let me stop justifying myself. And the more I walk with you in intimacy, the more turn on the heat. Because I want to be pure. And I don't just want to function in power and dishonor your name. I don't just want to function out of charisma and gift. I want to stand before you. With a clean heart and pure hands. Without the presence, people are destroyed. See, it will become an enemy. The very thing that used to be a blessing to you, if you and I do not steward God's presence, that very presence can become a very enemy. Listen, Saul was anointed by God. But God said about Saul that I myself has become his enemy. Can you imagine if God says, I have become your enemy? I want to tell you, you can have all the enemies in the world. And you can have every weapon formed against you. If God is for you, no one can be against you. But can you imagine having the creator of the universe turn his back on you and say, you are rejected in my presence? Are you guys hearing me? Yes. Some of you, I'm thankful he's leaving for, 30, for 90 days. 
No. <laughs> I'm just joking. You know me, I'm back, amen? <laughs> it will become an enemy, so we must have the presence with power. Only having a good character is not good enough. There's a lot of churches that, that are good steward of the Holy Spirit because they don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. The way we grieve the Holy Spirit, listen to me, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, he said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit in whom you have been sealed on the day of redemption. He said, the one who stole, let him steal no longer. Don't be jealous. Don't be angry. No malice. So the way we grieve the Holy Spirit is the way we treat one another. But, but Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, said, it says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not stop prophecy. So quenching has to do with his move. Yes, yes. <laughs> Grieving has to do with his character. Yes. So, so the Western church is only focusing on morality. Not all of us, my Lord. Hopefully most churches do that because we know the word. But it's not just enough having a good character. Because I want to tell you, if you see somebody shriveled up, in a little body, a five-year-old shriveled up in a body, and that person is a prison of his own body. I want to tell you that if Jesus was here, he would be moved with compassion. Love moves you. So we don't just need good character. We also need the power of the Spirit of God. Because there are demonic powers who are not just going to respond to a good amen. They're going to respond to the anointing. Are you guys hearing me? So we must have the presence with the power. See, the glory is given as long as a person is faithful. So the presence of God remains in your life through your faithfulness. That's why I say to people, don't neglect the Word of God. When you read the Word of God in the morning, you release rivers from inside of you. Some of us might say, like, I mean, pastor, I just I struggle reading the Bible. It's because you have neglected reading it for a couple of days. See, Bill Johnson says this, in the natural we get hungry when we don't eat. But in the spirit we get hungry when we do eat. Fasting becomes easy when your hunger for God outweighs your natural hunger. And the first thing you do in the morning, don't neglect the word. Don't ever pray without the word. It is out of the rock that God pours out oil and milk and honey to you. It is the word of God that wettens your appetite for the presence of God. It is the word of God that releases worship. And I'm not talking about reading the word of God to get some theological idea so that you can dispute with everyone wherever you go that you're right. I'm talking about fellowshipping with Jesus. And I encourage you, don't neglect the Word of God in this season. Just don't. Spend time in the Word. Force yourself. Get into the Bible. There's a great deception happening in our day and people don't even know the word. Stop only listening to what man has to say. Be a good Berean. See if what they say are from the word or not. We got to stop being tossed back and forward with every kinds of winds of doctrine. We got to be anchored on the word. 
It's the Word of God that releases presence. It is the Word of God that releases anointing. It is the Word of God that releases fellowship. The time is over when the church is only drinking for somebody else's oil. We got to start our own well. Amen. If you would like to learn more about Kevin or his church or listen to some of his other messages in this series, you can head to identitychurch.org and you'll find everything there and their YouTube page. This whole series has really just been blowing my mind. Hey, and I was serious about wanting to know what you think about this. So if you are interested, you can either head to my website, hannahnitz.com and send me an email or... I would love to do a Marco Polo with you. So this is essentially like video messages that you send back and forth. So if you go to the link in my show notes for this podcast episode, you can find my Marco Polo link. Would you be willing to send me a video or just an audio file if you'd rather? And tell me what you think about this. Like, what do you think about God's presence and his power? I would love to talk to you about it. Seriously, send me a message. So as we're wrapping up, talking about this, wanting to know more about this, I just want to end with prayer because this is where it happens. It's we need God to know God. We need God to love God. And that's what we want to come to him and ask for. God, you are amazing. Your presence, your power, just who you are, Father. And the ways that you love us and pursue us are so overwhelming. And the fact that you invite us to this, um, just abiding in you, this being with you, and this being in your presence is overwhelming. Yet, we get distracted. We get too busy. This happens to me. This happens to my friends. And Father, I just ask that you would fill those listening. You'd fill myself. You'd fill my family just with a greater desire for you and your presence. And God, just open our spiritual eyes to be able to see your power as well. That as we are spending this time with you, your work coming out of that in our lives and in the people around us. Father, help us to see that and believe it. Uh, Open our spiritual ears just to hear you and know where you're leading us. And God, I just thank you for the ways that you meet us. I thank you for this stirring just even in me of what your presence is and father for my friends joining me here today and listening would you just continue to pursue them in that same way and reveal more of who you are Uh, help them know and see the ways that you care for them and the things that you want to draw them into we love you father amen